Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. What up, Spartan Nation? It is Austin and John, and that sucked. It wasn't great. That was a bummer. A general letdown. Are we talking about Monday morning, or are we talking about the game on Saturday (laughs) night? Both were bad for me. Uh, As everybody knows, this past Saturday was Michigan State-Notre Dame last game for a decade. Uh, and it was subpar. Mm-hmm. It, things didn't go that well. Um, in case you were living under a rock and missed it somehow, uh, Michigan State lost 38-18, to 18, um, and it was never really much of a game. I mean, we might as well just jump right into it here and sure. start talking about the, you know, the good and the bad. But before we do, we're going to give a social plug. Yes, before... God... The Vanini effect has worn off on me. I always forget this. I got you. Before before we get started, you can feel free to air your complaints to John and I on Twitter. Uh, my handle is acsmith06, and John's is John underscore Kirby. Um, and if you've been following either of us over the last three to four days, we're recording this on Monday, by the way, so we may roll it out a, couple, a day or two early. But um, if you've been following us, you know that we... I don't. I would. I like to actually think I handled the loss fairly well. Oh, but but um, I didn't. <laughs> uh, so let, let's let's jump right in here. Um, the, there there was some good and some bad. I think a lot more bad than good. Hit me with your bad. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But we're gonna start bad, and I, I really think that this game was the manifestation. Of all of the things that you knew could go wrong. Mm -hmm. Like you knew that there was a world in which all of this youth came back to bite Michigan State at the exact same time. There was a world in which having the third week of the season be a bye was bad because it would stunt the growth of a team and have them break what rhythm it appeared they had. And there is a world in which Michigan State continued to turn the ball over a ton. And all three of those were the world we were living in at the same time. Uh, yeah. If that makes no, any it does. sense at all. I, don't, I, I think another, another thing that's rough uh, is, is we had a, we had the, a night game. Uh, yeah. we, we had a rival at our place. And we came out flat. Very. And, and you know, um, sometimes people can say, you know, when you have a very young team, you know, emotions uh, can become unchecked. They can go in different directions. That can be good and bad. I think what we saw uh, on Saturday was we came out uh, flat, got run up and down on a little bit, and then we started to find guys maybe what I think were maybe overcompensating, maybe yeah. doing things they can't do. 
trying to do a little too much. Perhaps it was yeah, Brian. Brian, for, Brian I'm not be, gonna, I'm not a name namer. Yeah, but some people were doing a little too much, um, and that's part of youth, right? Is not really yeah. knowing circumstantially. It it seemed like they they were caught off guard by the magnitude of the game. It did look like the defense was either flat or just sort of shell shocked. Like the moment got the better of a lot of young kids, and then. You know, you go down seven nothing super early. You get, um, like you said, run up and down. They just carved up on that yep. first drive. You knew the way they were going to do it. Um, although they did come out and throw like the first five plays of the game. And in watching that, like yes, they completed a few passes, but you know, Wimbush looked. It's not like he was throwing darts, and um, it looked like something Michigan State would be able to overcome. It looked like one of those things where, you know, when a team will come out and execute on that first drive and you're like, okay, that was their called set of plays. From here, it's the coach making the right calls and the players having to execute things kind of on the fly, which is what makes a great team great. We've seen it before. I Exhibit A uh, in Pasadena, California. Stanford walked down the field on our Vaughn defense. Yeah. And then we didn't really see much of them then, yeah. then thereafter. So it's not as if, to your point, yeah, coaches can have a great script. Yep. And then you got to start improvising, and that's when things can get hairy. They didn't get hairy for Notre Dame. No. Well, Michigan State helped them a lot. I mean, they, they walked down the field, score seven points, and then immediately Lewerke follows it up by throwing um, – he had a couple nice throws on his first drive. He, You know, they were moving down the field. You were thinking, okay, this is the – this is the clap back. Baby. Yeah, this is the the punch back. Michigan State came ready to play. They're ready to fight. And then he tries to make a long throw on a um, what looked like it was supposed to be a pick route, but it was mm-hmm. zone coverage. Yeah, and the corner just jumped the the long throw to the sideline and ran it back for six. And now instead of you know Michigan State pushing back, getting on the board either with three or seven and showing that they were in this one. Till the end, you're down fourteen nothing. Um, uh, they were able to, at some point, you know, cut the lead to twenty one to four, or was it twenty one to seven? Twenty one to seven. And then, because... and then you're thinking, okay, here we go. We're headed back in this game. It's it, it's a ball game. Michigan State's marching the ball down the field. LJ Scott is all of an inch from scoring a touchdown. Fumbles the ball on the goal line again. Yeah. And now. Notre Dame is is in full control. Um, basically, the the bad of this game was was youth. They played young. They played irresponsible. They played like the lights were too bright and the stage was too big. Um, now flipping that over to the good side, if you're looking for a silver lining, and I did tweet it out today because I read something from Jim Comperoni on Spartan Mag. Not to plug another website, but the dude is one of the best there is. Um, and he wrote, he really summed up my thoughts on the game very well, Is that, and, and they are that Michigan State was not out-physical. They were not out-played. They were not out. You, you didn't look out on that field and think, oh, man, that is a five-star program against a three-star program. Didn't feel like Bama. No, not by any stretch. And I don't think anybody watching, if you took the score off the board and didn't concentrate on the, you know, the – the huge momentum swing he plays, you wouldn't see a mismatch. Michigan sure. State executed plenty. The work he threw for over 300 yards. I mean, it it wasn't 
because they're such a higher caliber team, it was they they executed. They yeah. made they won the turnover battle by three. Well, they're a key place, right? Yeah. Certain things you can and cannot do, and we managed to uh, hit the bingo on all the things yeah, you can man, do. Just right? Yahtzee. Can I say that error Yahtzee? I'm gonna just say, as Michigan State fans, you know we have had the opportunity of seeing L.J. Scott do a really cool thing at the one-yard line before <laughs> against Iowa. And I yeah. just want us all to remember that before we all bury him. Yeah. Now, I'm not I'm not saying he can't, it's okay that he did it. No. I'm saying that we've seen uh, that he can do the right thing. He is the, the as somebody, I think it might have been Comp again, put it, the author of the last signature Michigan State moment. Correct. That remains. Um, so there's a lot of other things that we like. Yeah, I mean, there are some good things that came out of it. Again, I I think the biggest is that it, this was an exe- this was an execution gap. This was not a talent gap. And to say that about Notre Dame, like yes, they went four and eighty a year ago, but th- that's still Notre Dame. That's still top 10, 12 recruiting classes every single year. And MSU went toe to toe with them. I mean, I think they could have uh, run the ball a little better. Although I think they got away from that in the second half because they were playing catch yep. up the entire time. Yep. Um, it kind of changes the whole game, right? Right. When mm-hmm. you, and, and you have to put it on Lewerke. And he's, he, I think another huge takeaway is that Lewerke, he's got a little further to go than than we would have liked. Sure. So, But he uh, let's talk good. He did find 11 different receivers. That's a lot. He did throw for 340 and I will give that a grain of salt in that I would say our, our Arguably about 100 of those went for it, not only the last drive, but the second to last drive as well. But you still have to look across the other field and say, hey, Wimbush dropped 173. If he's out if he's out throwing, you know, that's not a bad thing. We're doing okay. Yeah. We have a quarterback. Now we just need to refine the game a bit. And, you know, he went 31 for 51. Mm. Not, not amazing, but those aren't bad when you're hitting around the 60%. You're doing okay. It's yeah. not great numbers, but and that the numbers I just described to you are a sophomore quarterback. Yeah, right? I, I <laughs> so. mean he pretty showed his youth. This is what his seventh, sixth, seventh game starting yeah. ever. Yeah, and it it showed up. This was definitely the you know well I would say this is probably the biggest game he's played in, despite having you know played against Michigan just because of you know being two and zero, getting Notre Dame at home with with a lot. You know, under the lights, a lot on the line. This was definitely the season was not lost at this point, like it was yeah. when he was playing last year. Yeah. So, um, well, yeah. what what else did you did you see on the field that was a takeaway from the good side? Uh, I liked the. You said he found eleven different wideouts. Yeah, I really liked what I saw from Hunter Risen, especially. Okay. Um, he made that big error in week two against Western Michigan, but I think he had a team leading like seventy something. Uh, receiving yards, and you could just see when he got the ball in his hands going across, zip. yeah, with the middle of the field, he is slippery. He's the, he's yeah. the type of guy that you all that Michigan State always thinks that they have, <laughs> like they're always supposed to have. Like he's yeah. the guy DeAnthony Arnett was supposed to be, yeah. Um, but he actually appears. He, he's what we've kind of waited for since Keyshawn Martin. That's who he mm-hmm. reminds me of. And I know that that was the Tristan Jackson comparison forever, but. Um, He's just a, he's smaller, but he's just zippy, man. I, I it's hard not to get excited about the prospect of him him in the slot. So I loved yeah I loved seeing that. I thought Matt Sokol even made at least one nice catch and run. Yeah, again, it just the, the flashes of skill, position, offensively, mm-hmm. athleticism were were definitely encouraging. 
Yeah, they were they were they were encouraging. And then on the the defensive side, um, you know, Chris Fry got home for another sack. I do think Michigan State is again. This was a a tough game to judge a pass rush in because yeah. <coughs> because they just ran the ball so often. I mean, simply didn't drop and they didn't need to drop back and throw the ball. They were up by three scores the vast majority of the game. Yeah. Um, but I love seeing them get a little more creative uh, with the pass rush. Yeah, there's some other things. I think one other piece that I, I really liked um, on top on top of the things you mentioned, Fry getting home would love if maybe we could get home a little more without uh, a blitzing linebacker. Would be but nice. A, Wouldn't count uh, on it. I, I really liked that th- that game, and I was one of maybe the few that watched till the end. I loved that there was still support in the stadium. That's acknowledgement that this is a young team. Okay, that that's acknowledging that I'm not going to get home until midnight or yeah, whatever. That's and writing like, off your drive home is and, what that is. And you know what though, that's what this team <laughs> needs, and that's this, and that's what the kind of support we're going to have to give them because it's not a a, a cotton ball team. No, it's okay? nice to see the crowd not be front runners. I I agree with you. I, I think mean, that's I'll... good, and and I think you know, and I think I even saw a few of the players, perhaps even some of the coaches, tweet out. Um, Thank you for yeah. that because they can they see it. Well, they, they know. were witness to half full stadiums they by know. the midpoint of last year. I think that's important, and I think that's uh, good on you. Um, and and you know what? If you if you took off, that's fine. Uh, it's you know your seat. But <laughs> hey, uh, I mean, I think it's great they got that. Uh, yeah, that extra help. So I, I do want to shout out two more individual players real quick. One is I actually want to give Kenny Willickis some love. Ten tackles. Did he? Have, he had ten tackles. Yeah. Okay, I I'm I'm warming up on Kenny Willis. I don't. I'm <laughs> just I'm just saying. No, I'm just do? saying. I, he's never going to be a dominant pass pass rusher. He's just not built to be that. But he does his job. Yeah. And that's something that on a team that needs just all the help they can get, especially yeah. at his position, doing your job will go a really long way. So I, I loved to see that that out of him. Well, you know what? That's back to what we talked about earlier is when you have uh, someone, a group of people who just do their jobs and don't try and play overcompensate, overcompensate, be bigger or than the moment that they can actually fulfill, then you're going to have right. a solid program and, and you're going to have a solid team. And yeah. That's what we're looking for I mean, here. if that's the floor, then I love that. So I'm, I'm warming up on Willikus. I have a feeling one or two more games and he makes one like nice sack or learns like one little pass rush move and I'm just all in. I'll be all in. <laughs> So your first uh, just child. the hustle guy, first yeah. child, and easily. then the next one is um, Dom Long. Oh. I called him. Out. I feel like I called him out on this play on this on this podcast. I know I have previously. I think I did last week, saying that um, the coaches said they were going to give him some him some time. Yeah. And he made a really athletic play. I think it and it ended up being a touchback in the first quarter, but um, he went sprawling into the end Saw zone that. to try and save a ball. And I'm telling you, man. He's a, he is a serious athlete. And you're going to see him. He's going to make more plays on special teams this year. Okay. I, I liked watching him cover. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about what we learned. What were your big takeaways from this game? I think we are a few major mistakes away from being back where we want to be, which is, um, you know, this year, uh, a top 25 team. Uh, that may be a, a, we like to call a, a stretch goal. But, <laughs> but to steal a line from D'Antonio back – uh, gosh, a couple of years ago, 2013, I believe it was, 
when they lost to Nebraska? Lost to Iowa. Oh, Iowa. All our goals are still in front of us. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, 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 you know, this isn't dismissing that it was a disappointing loss, but you have to take away and what you have to say to yourself is, okay, uh, didn't affect the conference. We have a lot of very important games coming up here. Uh, including one literally next week. Right around the corner. That we really need to, you have to be able to put it behind you. You can't carry this into the next week. Absolutely. And and, and the good news is, you don't have to because it was non-conference. Mm-hmm. And I hate to break it to everyone, we weren't going to the playoffs anyway. Right. Yeah. So, it, yeah. so let's, right. let's move on. Um, and that's and that's really what I'm trying. I think the big takeaway is what I learned is um, we we saw a team blink, flinch, and we'll see if they learn from that. Yeah, those are pretty spot on. Um, my my wh- what I took out of this again, and I've, I've touched on it a couple times here, but the encouraging part of this. The discour- I'll start with the negative. The disc, the unencouraging, un- whatever, how, whatever discouraging. that word. discouraging. You got it. Yeah, we got there. The discouraging part of this is that there is still a, a ways to go. Maybe it's not discouraging. Maybe it's just um, the realization, just seeing it really painted up for you. Like, it's this a process. Is, this is still very much a process, and it's early on. And I don't think anyone necessarily thought after two games that weren't really like you know, blow away wins early on that this team was skipping any steps, but um, it's, it's affirmation that there's still a little, a little, well, a decent ways to go. Well, you know what is, and you know, you remember at the beginning of the year, D'Antonio, who knows this team better than anyone, obviously said, uh, you know, we were at the top of the mountain. We got knocked off. We're at the bottom of the mountain. Yeah. It's time to start climbing. And you know what? This is what the bottom of the mountain looks like. It's yeah. not an easy. You don't. We don't get to skip a grade. There's no elevator. Mm-hmm. You know, we are. It's going to be the long climb. And you know what? We did it before. So be it. Yeah, it I mean, Michigan State's been here many times before. I think the group. And and again, this spins into my my positive takeaway is that you don't look at this team like you did last year's team and think there's a there's not a lot of hope. There's not much of a future here. Last year, you had seniors at a lot of positions. You yeah. had impact players like Malik McDowell that you knew weren't going to be there the next year. Um, yeah. It's and there a was lot a different. lot of missing pieces. Whereas you look at this team and all the guys that were out there, for the vast majority of them, mm-hmm. really, aside from four or five are all going to be around for at least the next year, next Ooh, two years. I like that. I, I'm just saying, this was a lot of their first real, true, as a starter, taste of the big time. Yeah. Um, and what I, and it showed, big. it, it absolutely showed. Um, but the exciting part about that, or the encouraging part, is that it's not a talent gap. Yeah, I don't think when these guys are all on the same page and when they are able to make smart decisions and execute, this is not. It's not going to be a talent issue. There's plenty of guys that can make plays out yeah, there. Tons good. of them on both sides of the ball. Now, before we go ahead, I do want to touch on the. Co- I guess we should probably touch on the coaching a little bit. Hit me. I don't really have any issues with what they did. I really, especially offensively. Um, I think the game plan was pretty good. They had to abandon it very early. Yeah, it's a, it's an adjustment where you know maybe a week's worth of planning is immediately thrown out, completely thrown out the window. Control all 
yeah. backspace, yeah. and we start yeah. from scratch. Just clear, right? clear contents. We <laughs> yeah. got nothing. We yeah. had to completely start from scratch. And, so, and, and you know, could could it have gone better? Yeah, I I, I have no complaints in that. Um, we got carved up on the first drive. You know that that's something we'll see. You, you can bounce back from that. I thought, you know, t- to your point, didn't didn't do an awful job. There's no real one thing where you can say, man, if the coach had done X, right. we this would have been a ball game. Right. And, and I don't know if that happened. And it doesn't always have to be the coach's fault. You know, it can also just be, hey, this one got away from us. Yeah. Let's start. Hey, scrap it. Yep. Let's go get it this week. Huh? I agree. I just re- I read a lot of stuff about people saying that the coaches didn't have these guys prepared and, you know, yada, yada. But. I just couldn't dis- – I, honestly, I could not disagree with this one more. And everybody who's listening to this knows that I am not a Dave Warner apologist. I, if anything, am a major critic of his. Uh, and I've had my fair share of criticisms for these two defensive coordinators as well. Um, I don't think they did anything wrong. I mean, not that they didn't do anything yeah, wrong. I'm sure there were plays here and there. But, like, as, in terms of a scheme – I, I, with very few exceptions, I, I didn't think that – I don't think the blame lies with them. I think this was just simply just young guys making mistakes. Yeah, it was tough. Um, let's see how they react. Yeah. So, and we're going to get back to Michigan State in just a minute, but uh, there was some other stuff that went around on around the Big Ten here yeah, in week were. four. So, we're back to our love-hate um, – John, I'm going to let you kick off. What okay. did you What you love this week? You know what I loved. I loved uh, if you if you had a chance to see it. Our friend, maybe my second favorite uh, Big Ten mascot, Goldie Gopher. <laughs> yes, we've been giving him some love yes. on this podcast. These, here. these do, but he's earning it. Yeah. Okay. Very much so. So at the uh, I think it was the Vikes game. Yeah. Vikings game. They had a mascot halftime uh, game against uh, some youth group. Gave him a nice little toss sweep to Goldie, and Goldie, he took. Not only did he take it to the house, he took prisoners. Okay, dude, he let he decleated it. A young. It was it was man. a it was a full stiff arm at speed. He's to the grill. He's of this kid, and and no one can look me in the eye and say they have not ever wanted to do that. I'm not saying oh, you're yeah. a child, but I am saying just to put the stiff arm but out listen, there. That kid's going to go out there and Message. play. You're going to get hit. Head on a <laughs> swivel. Teach, teach him a lesson. Head on a swivel. Head on a swivel, young buck. Don't just come at Goldie like that. You weak. Be- with the weak sauce. Dude, the kid, kid went in very soft. Don't lean. Just don't lean. Just because Goldie is a soft you, animal no. doesn't... It's What do they say? It's the, it's the size of the Goldie in the <laughs> right, fight. Right. Not... Yeah. It's a big, it's, go- it's he, a big gopher. Uh, you reach, I teach. He was reaching. He was leaning. He did son, lean. Son got taught <laughs> by Coldy. So, I mean, Minnesota is just on fire right now. PJ. Between PJ. Man. I, I am also, here's a, uh, a conspiracy theory for you. Oh. Was it PJ Fleck in the Golden Gopher suit? What? Would you rule it out? Did you see <laughs> PJ Fleck in the same room <laughs> as Goldie? Has Gopher anybody there? ever seen them together? I I have I one video, but we're gonna. I refuse to believe it. I love it. And you know what? I'm already happier right yeah. now. We're, this is a somber attitude is behind us. No. Look at us we, go. We, we're we're past it. Okay, what do you got? What did you What uh, did you see? What did you love? I loved Saquon Barkley. Okay, I mean, dude, he's, 
He I is. He, I'm willing. Okay, for, if you missed what he did over the weekend, you missed a great game between Iowa and Penn State that came down to to the wire. Mm-hmm. Um, Penn State won on a walk off uh, touchdown pass, but we'll get to that one in a second. Um, Saquon Barkley ran for 211 yards, and is he's, wow. He's just unstoppable. I have a hot take on Saquon Barkley that is not really that hot anymore. Oh, okay. Is that if he stays healthy, he's, I mean, he's going to be, he's going to be as good or better than Ezekiel Elliott his rookie year in the NFL. Wow. He's a better runner. He is. And he's definitely a better receiver. So you should know that after yesterday's game, Saquon was, uh, I believe, Five to one odds to win the Heisman. Yeah, he should be. If they stay oh, in the top five. That was fifth best. Fifth best? After this week, after the game, now he's number one. Okay, who was ahead of him? Baker. Mayfield. Okay, well, who didn't have a great game on, on Saturday? Okay. He had Mason Rudolph, Oklahoma State. Had a oh, rough game. tough one for Mason Rudolph. Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And Sam Darnold. Yeah, boy. Sam Darnold. Yeah, boy. So you got to be careful. My boys, <laughs> Sam and Saquon, are about to split the stage. They're so, both going to be there. I'm a big Saquon boy. All of my loves around the country are going to end up being just guys who I think are going to be good pros. That's just naturally. <laughs> that's why I like college players. Um, but I really, I mean, Saquon Barkley is a stud. I think he's a top five pick. I mean, um, yeah, And I do not advocate drafting running backs Honestly, unless it's a superstar, like it's in it's this, it's a Leonard Fournette, it's a Ezekiel Elliott, and this guy is. I crazy. think he is every bit deserves every. I want to. I want to be. Hype. So you you touched that he had 211 yards rushing. Yeah, right. It's insane. Your boy had 94 yards receiving. I'm just saying. <laughs> 300 total yards on his back. He's a G. Up and down. And yet, the okay. Field. So get to what you and love. He, no, I was going to say he loved the team in tackles. He probably could have. He could have. <laughs> if he would have played linebacker, he could have. Yeah, I bet. Um, yeah, that was that was crazy. The, you know what I do love? Uh, my love, which is um, a part of that Penn State game. I love me some Iowa mm. taking that walk-off L. Yeah. Because. It's nice Scheidenfreude. I'm a man who, who is who doesn't let go of things very easily. and I will A grudge rem- holder. I will remember. And I won't talk about it. But when it happens, and I'm given a stage, I will tell the world, good. you deserve this, Iowa. Yeah. You did this to me at night. Marvin McNutt, Spartan Stadium. I was there. As was I. In the end zone, and I got to watch your team walk off on us. Yeah. And I held on to that until A very similar Saturday. situation. Sl- like, well, very... No, that was, was it, very similar. Marvin Iowa was, a, like, number six when... Oh, no, no, I was saying to play. Oh. Marvin ran a... Uh, a, a sharp slant. Mm-hmm. This was more of a deep slant uh, over the linebacker. Over the yeah, this was honestly maybe even more painful for Iowa. Oh yeah, because that went like it, I think the linebacker might have even touched the. No, ball. It, it, it was it's so, so close. close. I mean, and if you ever saw a stadium, oh my god, go just from, dejection. Go from deafening, yeah, to silence. <laughs> In a moment, Sam, you could oh. he, you could hear the Penn State players yelling from the right. field, celebrating. Oof. That's how quiet. It That's a tough one, man. Well, That's... sorry guys. Yeah. So I, right. I I think that you know 
Iowa just so happens to be the team Michigan State plays this week. And they that'll be interesting. We'll they'll talk. have to bounce back. We will so we'll be talking about that. What else you what did you love nationally? Anything? Nationally, oh, I loved uh Georgia's defense. Um okay. I so obviously I, I watched them I just so my opinion of Georgia is sort of <laughs> always it's just interesting. Like I just always expect them to be really good early in the season and then just completely fall apart. Like so you know, they're your new Clemson. They're yes. Okay. Oh, I'm so sad. Clemsoning is over. By the way, just yeah. that was one of my favorite hey. sayings. But it's definitely dead now. Yeah, um, I think so. Like very dead. <laughs> very dead as a doornail. Uh, whatever that term is. Um, but I love George's defense. Uh, first of all, you saw what they did to Notre Dame. A Notre Dame offense, we can, which we can see now, is at the very least. Capable. We yeah. talked about it last week. They held Notre Dame to 55 yards. And then this week, they take on Mississippi State. Mm, Clanga. Clanga. Another <laughs> another friend of the program. Um, MSC team, Brothers. Uh, MSG, that's right. That's right. That's right. Oh, man. Damn. Um, but they, they take on Clanga, welcome him, you know, to, to between the hedges, and um, just absolutely shut him down. Held them to 280 total yards and three points a week after they went to LSU, dropped 30 plus, Ooh. and was, they were averaging something like 450 yards of total offense and got absolutely shut down. Georgia, they might be, they might be good. So I, I might say Georgia's. I'm, I might be willing because it's no longer Mark Richt and it's Kirby Smart. You know, I, I think I'm, I think I'm saying Georgia's good. I, I have a certain. <laughs> Soft spot in my heart for anyone named Kirby. Yeah. Uh, Touche. So I love me a little Kirby smart. So happy for him. Good for them. Yeah, they, they may be the real. We'll see. They might. I don't know. I mean, it's always tough. Like, if, I don't know when Jacob Eason's supposed to come back, but Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm, another thing is I think he had between 9 and 12 completions. I honestly can't remember the number off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, for 200 yards. Mm-hmm. So he's just throwing bombs. So if they've got Jake Fromm and Eason, if it's one of the two, those dudes have hoses. And if 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 you're just going to drop bombs and keep teams from running the ball, you're going to win a lot of games, even in the SEC. So I might I might be in on Georgia. Okay. Which means they'll lose this week. Sure. Well, you know who they have. Who? Don't tell me it's Bama. No, they're at Tennessee. Oh, so they'll definitely win. This would be a game they drop. Mm, just yes, because. that's very right. yeah, but they, but it's also Tennessee, so it's definitely a game they'll drop. Yeah, Tennessee, no, but they are they'll still be the champions of life. I mean, we can't take that away from them. Once bestowed, it's never taken away. <laughs> so I will say that my yeah, uh, what national love or, or love, yeah, tell me. <laughs> national love here. I love Baylor being zero and four. Yes, it feels good, dude. Those guys, <laughs> not cool. Yeah. And, <laughs> I don't feel like I really need to address why it's not cool. Yeah. Um, but the, it's this is also very karmic. Oh, very much so. Okay, and they're 0-4. I love that they gave Oklahoma a game. Yeah. And there were some nice screen grabs of fans in the stands, uh, you know, praying together. Oh, my gosh. To, to get the onside kick, uh, which I believe they did. And then proceeded to not score and lose by eight. <laughs> but they're zero and four. Some some powerhouses they've taken L's to in Liberty, uh, <laughs> University of Texas San Antonio, the, the Roadrunners, the Duke Blue Devils, 
and then Oklahoma. And on the schedule, I'm not seeing like a clear-cut win for a while. Okay, let's hear it. At Kansas State, one doesn't walk in. Bill Snyder Memorial s- Stadium. Snyder's- family. Bill Snyder Family Memorial Stadium yeah. or something like that. It's his family's doing. He couldn't do it by himself. Right now, of course not. Okay. And then they go, let's say, I, I mean, I, Kansas State's favored by 17. Wow. Okay, so. so there's then, one. What else? You think, then, at Oklahoma State. Probably not going to win I don't see, there. that's not great, Probably right? Probably not going to win there. West Virginia, ranked West Virginia at home. Holgo? I'm not betting against Dana. Wild I man. I won't do it. Wild man. I won't do it. And then, Texas. I mean, they could win that game. Sure, All right, whatever. But now we're talking. Do but they? I don't know. I like Texas. I don't Texas get... isn't back though. <laughs> they, they could be back enough to beat an zero and eight Baylor. Team. <laughs> so like, you can see how the wheels might fall off. Yeah. Here. We'll, we may keep checking in as long as they keep Baylor losing. watch. I might give Baylor you a watch update. seventeen. I might let you know. Mm. So those are things that that I love. That here's some things that I hated. Yes. I hated Maryland's effort at home at twenty eight point loss. Just last week, we were talking about... You make me look bad Maryland. in front of my friends like that, Durkin. I'm out here, I'm out here yeah, standing, standing for hard. you, and you make me look like a dork in front of all of these people. Dude, I hate to that. To Central Florida. Sent to directional Florida. Yeah. Oh, another directional school. Get the, out of here, The fighting dude. Blake Bortles. I can't, I can't have that. No, you know, that's not good. That's, that's disappointing because we were... <laughs> Riding we were standing high. super hard Riding for Maryland just a, just a week ago. And Come on. I, we'll see. We'll see. That'll be interesting to see how they bounce hated back. that. You got uh, anything you hate? Yes. I hate Tanner Lee's decision making. Woo! Um, You're telling me Nebraska okay. quarterback's making bad decisions? Yeah, again? if you can believe it, <laughs> there's a Nebraska quarterback out there oh. throwing many picks. Okay. Um. So he's up to nine for the season. and Nine? Yeah, and uh, that's through four games, so that's, that's a pretty bad pace. That's not good. Um, and they were playing; they took on Rutgers this weekend. Okay, which layup we alluded city. to last week, but we alluded to that Mike Riley's seat was getting a little warm a week ago, and uh, we're like, "All right, good, Butker's coming to town. That, they cure all." That is the it's just not the antidote. Not so fast. What? They. Okay, so he threw two picks in this game. Okay. Again, his eighth and ninth of the seasons. His ninth, I believe it was the second one of the game, came early in the second half, and it was a pick six oh boy. to Key Hester, who's actually a good defensive player for Rutgers, if you can believe that. Um, and he ran it back as a pick six and actually gave Rutgers a lead in the second half on the road Uh-oh. in Lincoln. 17, like, yeah, they went up 17 yeah, to 14. He held on, like Nebraska held on. But listen, I'm, I'm staying – oh, by the way, another timely topic. Uh, Nebraska just so happened to fire their AD last week. Oh, Sean yeah. Sean course is out of there. Mike. Um, so I'm just saying, Mike's seat, Mike's seat right now is is red hot. So Tanner Lee <coughs> not having the best year. No. Seven touchdowns and nine picks. 52% completion percentage. Not good. You don't want that. I mean, te- no. te- I mean not against good teams either. It's not like oh, they're yeah. well. I mean, Oregon is, is not bad, apparently. Yeah, but, but we're we're talking, you know, the Rutgers of the world, and Northern and, Illinois. And our, well, hey, they took that L. So, yeah, I so mean, it's bad. So yeah, Nebraska right. football is is wanting not. Wanting. So Tanner Lee is eleventh uh, out of, I believe, thirteen eligible quarterbacks in the Big Ten. For some reason, there aren't fourteen. 
and um, he, he it's not good. Only ahead of your boy at Rutgers and Chase yeah. Crouch at Illinois. It's not solid. And if you're wondering at home, uh, Brian Lewerke is fourth. Um, so he, he's improving his stock a bit. So All right, what uh, did you hate? What do you got? One more. Okay. Big, big, right? I got one more. Yeah, I got one more. I I hate two things about the Michigan-Purdue game. I hate that Purdue, in the second half, only managed 15 yards on 18 plays against that Michigan That is bad. That would be alarming. That's a hell of an adjustment. Don Brown, Michigan's defensive coordinator, uh, apparently identified the weaknesses. Holy moly. And you know what? Uh, I'm not going to spend too much time on that game. But what I hated the most is, I don't know if you, or Austin, if you heard, Jim Harbaugh had a lot of, he had quite the opinion of the facilities at Purdue. Did Mm -hmm. you hear about this? I did. Okay, he didn't feel that the uh, athletic facilities were up to par and there maybe have been some gamesmanship involved in that uh, Purdue was purposely perhaps doing things Mm -hmm. in the locker room. So I hate that he's a, a whiner. And B, yeah. what we found out today is that Purdue, they clap back. Yeah. You know what they said? No sa- kidding. They said, and, and I will summarize because it's a, it's a bit of a lengthy statement, but uh, there was a member of the fo- Michigan football staff that was uh, available for a walkthrough of the Purdue facilities on July 18th. And additionally, as it relates to the air conditioning, in bold type on their visiting team manual, it says, there's no air conditioning in the locker room. Please contact us to request preferred temporary accommodations. We didn't receive any of those requests. So, Jim, before you go spouting off at Purdue Athletics, maybe take a peek back at you boys down your staff, who maybe didn't do a great job of reading the manual. Yeah, just uh, mic drop. Hate that. Yeah, yeah. I'm fired up. That's just a, it's, it's, it's all of the things that, I mean, people have their opinions about Harbaugh, good and bad. That's one tune that keeps getting sung is just that he's a whiner. <laughs> well, he's he, created an environment that, in which apparently people on his staff didn't feel comfortable enough to yeah. bring something to his attention, or even at that when he was upset about it, take the blame. Right. Yeah. He's created that environment. It's not great. So, what did you hate? Uh, I hated something that we warned against a week ago. What did we talk about? I hate that Vandy wanted. Oh, they wanted Bama. I'm just saying. Like they did. You don't know. You don't want Bama. <laughs> you don't. No one's ever wanted Bama. They do though, no. and they got them. Well, they wanted Bama, and they got Bama. <laughs> Nick Saban delivered. I think. I mean, that's that's vintage Saban. So they won fifty nine. Fifty nine to nothing on the road. Oh boy! Beating. I mean, listen. I know it's Vandy. And I know it's Bama, but beat for an inter for an in conference game to be decided by nearly sixty points over half a hundred is insane. (laughs) Like it's not surprising, but it's it's. And then I (laughs) I also saw that Saban was like at the very end of the game. I guess um, they had a false start. Like oh. at the very end of the game, okay, um, with like a minute left, up fifty nine to nothing, and Uh-oh. Saban was walking around on the sidelines, just fuming, <laughs> never stopped, just like so upset, like didn't didn't yell because he realized he was up by almost sixty, but just you could see he was just like 
you gotta be don't want your, like just just gritting his teeth. I love it. Yeah. So no, I hate I hate it. Like don't. hate it. Like just don't don't poke the beast. Like why who, would you ever do that? Who who hmm? needs to do it? Like who needs to to what has to happen for you to not want Bama? Okay, you World, don't want college Bama. football. Stop. Yeah, just like you don't want Cle- Bama. Clemson. Clemson got Bama and they won, but they weren't. But that's asking the for, only team. But they weren't asking for Bama, you right? Don't, you okay. don't ask for Bama. All right, here's the last thing I hate. Moral of the story. Last thing I hate. Our friends at Big Blue Nation, our our blue blood basketball brothers. Nice, thank you. They hadn't beaten Florida since 1986. Many of our listeners may not have been born. This is the last time that happened. And they were up 27 to 14 in the fourth. Okay. Did you see this game? No, I actually missed this game. (laughs) This is going to be good for you. Florida cuts the lead. They score the obvious touchdown and cut it to six. Get the rock back. Driving down the field. Less than a minute to go. On the eight-yard line, (laughs) Florida lines up. One receiver out. One. One. Okay. (laughs) For whatever reason, Kentucky defenders said to themselves... We're going to play with 10 on this play. Oh, no. And sent off the D-back that was guarding or defending that wide receiver, <laughs> who now had no one on him. And the quarterback for Florida, then it was a running play, just didn't hand it off and threw it over to him for no one to be oh, for a God. touchdown. Okay, this, this is great, too. The Kentucky cheerleader, a young lady, this is all happening right in front of her. And she is giving the Kentucky defense the business. Good. (laughs) Yes. And then, just when you think, you know what, maybe there's a chance Kentucky somehow gets the rock and get into field goal position, they bust off a draw play, 20-yard run to get down inside the 30-yard line, holding, coming back. Oh, my God. Beep, beep. 56-yard field goal attempt with one second remaining. Falls two yards short of the field goal. Is on the money. Oh. Florida wins. My Kentucky, God. the street continues. continues to be Kentucky. Oh, man. Now, see, that, there's a difference there. Stoops troops. There's a difference there between Michigan State oh, and yeah. Kentucky. Come on. Okay? I, I, I made the comparison for hoops. Those are our brothers. No, 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 no. no. And I'm not, I didn't mean it like that. I, just, I mean, if you want to talk about the way Michigan State lost and that, those are so much different. That's like different. that's that's such an that's such a John L way to lose a game. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a you know yeah, yeah you're just, right. Just just the dumbest, stupidest coaching mistakes. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's not what you saw at a Michigan State last Friday or Thursday. Oh my God, Saturday. You got um, it. One of those it's days. It's been a tough one. So so okay. Now we've looked back. We looked back. Let's look ahead. Looking forward. All right. What's on the slate? We've got two bye weeks this week. Michigan and. That's which is just great. Right before we play, Michigan's got a bye week, and then Purdue also on a bye. Okay. Obviously, Michigan State and Iowa are playing. We're going to talk about that in a second. But let's uh, let's take a peek at what we got here. We've got five games on the slate. Okay. Um, let's go in. Start with Friday night. Yeah, chronological order here. Friday night. What a stupid game. Nebraska at Illinois. So, (laughs) what even is this? So this may be part of the Big Ten's uh, induction of Friday night games. Friday is this Ten. just a high school game? Would anyone know if Would it wasn't? <laughs> no. So, Will people go to the game? 
Ah, uh, I don't know, man. Friday night in Champagne. I'm busy. I'm not. Busy. <laughs> I have stuff. That's a do. long drive. I have laundry. <laughs> so I'm tired. So Nebraska is a six and a half point favorite, and somehow Mike Riley's seat. He managed to to figure this out in such a way that he gets Rutgers and Illinois back to back. That's a nice seat coolant. <laughs> what happened? That's so lucky. Know. He's man. bribed some football guy. That is great. And he got out of the last one by the skin of his teeth. So let's see what happens on this, this one. This is great. Okay, so then Saturday, let's flip forward. Uh, sleepy Saturday morning. Mm. What do we got? We got Northwestern at Wisconsin. Okay. Here's a tidbit. Mm. Stats. <laughs> Going back to 2000. You'd be surprised to know that Northwestern actually leads the series six to five. That is surprising. Is it not? That is quite surprising. In Wisconsin, and I and I apologize, Spartan Nation. I, I just didn't have it in me to go look at the spreads of all eleven of those games because that that's that's, a, that's a hard look. I would hedge my bets that Wisconsin was favored in most of them. I, yeah, I think that's fair. So Nebraska, or excuse me, Northwestern. That's uh. Seems to be a little bit of a thorn in Wisconsin's side, huh? Yeah, this is, this seems to me like, everyone, every Big Ten team has like that non-rival, <laughs> but you always hate playing them. And yeah. Northwestern is kind of that for MSU I think they anyway. might be that for everyone. Maybe that's just them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. kind of their thing. You're like, this is annoying. Yeah, Like these guys, go. these guys are here again. This Who, will happen again. Who invited these guys? Yeah. Yeah, nerds. <laughs> so all their books. That'll be an interesting one. Um, yeah, that will be an interesting one. Well, Ooh, I like this next one. What a, a game that I was about to get really pumped about. Yeah. <laughs> a game until last week, I was about. I mean, all talk about Team Austin and Team John yeah. hype train. Yeah. We had D, DJ Durkin. Yeah, coming into play. Yeah, the hype train was real here. R- right into Minneapolis for a PJ Fleck joint. Mm. Okay, and that's. Too hot. It's too hot. Well, now all it's of a too sudden, hot it's, for everyone to it's lost its luster a little. Yeah. Bit, well, hasn't it? you know, listen, DJ didn't have a great showing. Maybe they were looking ahead. I would have been. Uh, Who's so got Minnesota, the most swag? This huh? is another one. Maryland, Minnesota. This is one of those Big Ten games. You're like, what? Well, we got this. Get, is a Big Ten. Game. I know. But this will be a really. Good I'm over it, but it's still. It'll. It, I will be the old man screaming at the cloud for the rest of my <laughs> get life. Get off of my get lawn. Get off my lawn, Maryland. There will be. This will be a good barometer for both teams. Truly, yeah. Truly, I think. I think we'll find out a lot about both. I think Minnesota. We still don't know much about. Right. Uh, we know yeah. that they they've won the games that they should, and you know this will be a, a test of sorts. Um, and yeah. we'll see if Maryland. Big uh, test for Maryland. If that was a blip. Or was that who Maryland is that still is? The balloon popping. Is that them? We'll see. That right. yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, so if, if there was an eleven a.m. is fun. I uh, got yeah. a couple good ones. Two thirty, uh, Indiana. The Hoosiers travel to Happy Valley. Yeah. What do you think about that? Um, these are two teams that can score. I I'll mean, be- this this could turn out if if Penn State's defense doesn't come to play, and if Indiana can be smart with the ball and just basically not turn the ball over and maybe get a break or two to go their way. Mm-hmm. They they could surprise some people. I mean, I have Penn State, it'll be interesting because if Penn State uses last week yeah. as, so a, that as was a their springboard. Wake up. Was that as their wake-up? Right. Because it's surprising, especially given the numbers that that offense was still able to put up, that they only scored twenty one points. Yeah, that was a pre- that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, you know they they had I believe something like over five hundred yards. I mean Saquon of- had three hundred yards. Yeah, I mean that's pretty crazy. And they had and they scored their final six with no time remaining. Yeah, I mean that's so nuts. That's pretty crazy. That's right? nuts. So it makes me really. 
think more that Penn State is going to end up steamrolling because they're going to cash in on those opportunities this week. But yeah, maybe that was the wake up call for Penn State. Or but if they're still asleep, they're groggy this, still. This is going to be a sleepy game. Indiana, another team that seems to be the upstart for the past three years. Oh, of course. You know they're always you know a couple players or you know something away from being for real. This would be that game that they could say we are to be taken seriously. Yeah, this would be that'd be a program type, right? right? And at 6:30, Ohio State Oof. travels to New Jersey. This is not a sleepy game. The birthplace of football, college football. I I mean allegedly. It may have been born there and Rutgers may have killed it. It's also dead. But this is not a sleepy <laughs> game and Ohio State is in this is a different it's JV. This is not fun for anyone involved. I no. I, I wonder if that's that's got to be a Big Ten Network one. And you know, not I don't know. It could be a fun lineup. There, maybe someone surprises us. I think all the way through we have three decent ones: Northwestern at Wisconsin. Um, you and I might be the only one who are hyped for Maryland at Minnesota. I'll be there, but Indiana, not not there. But I'll be yeah. watching. And Indiana uh, at Penn State. Um, we'll be on the score alert while your Michigan State Spartans take yes. on the Iowa Hawkeyes. So here we go. The game we've all been waiting to talk about, Michigan State takes on Iowa, hosts Iowa, and actually uh, opens as favorites? Was that a shock to you? Very much so. Yeah, I was too, especially after Iowa's uh, last game where they had a very strong um, showing. So as we talked about, they just came off a devastating loss. Yeah, a walk-off a loss to one. Penn State at home. And now they have to uh, p- pack their bags, hit the road to East Lansing, and it won't be a cakewalk. So no. really interesting to see, you know, how do they respond to yeah. a heartbreaker. I, I think it's a, it, on both sides, it's very it's going to be a very interesting. It's a huge test for both of them. First of all, these teams have a kind of a studded past when it comes to some good games huh? playing each other in football yeah i mean th- these teams don't like each other um and so you know they're gonna get up for the game but you know who responds throughout the course of the game does iowa let just the absolute devastation of last week keep them from preparing enough to execute in game mm-hmm. um and can michigan state can their young guys have that quick uh, memory loss, move on and get ready for a team that just showed that they can, at the very least, hang, hang and give the big boys some trouble. So, so this is a really important game for Iowa in that you you take a peek at the rest of their schedule coming up. Um, they have three very winnable games coming right after our game, and Iowa has had their eye on uh, Big West championship. Them in Wisconsin, I believe, were probably the the real contenders there, um, with Minnesota being sort of the the potential yeah. dark horse. But th- they they lose this one, and you start zero and two in the Big Ten with Wisconsin yeah, West in the West, and and you can pretty much pack it up, mm-hmm. okay? Because they still have Ohio State on the schedule. They got to go to at Wisconsin. This is vital, right? Okay, they ha- this is is as much as. As early of a season as a must-win has to be, mm. when you're 0-1 in the conference and you had aspirations for getting to that Big Ten championship game, kind of got to take care of things. Yeah, I, I 
don't think this is that far from a must-win for Michigan State either. Both ways. I don't necessarily think it's the same thing strictly because of those expectations that Iowa may have come into the season with. Um, and I think Michigan State's season can still be successful. For sure. And you can take a lot away from it if they lose this game. But at the same time, you talk about an upcoming schedule. Michigan State's got to go to Ann Arbor the week after this and play a night game, mm-hmm. which I already feel bad for the livers of all of the people that are going to that game. It's going to get messy, it's, huh? Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that they did it finally. But it's going to be fun as hell to be a student for that. But yeah. um, but that is, I mean, talk about bright lights, big rivalry. Um, that's that's as big as it gets as a Michigan State player and fan. Um, so, A, you have to not look ahead to that. But, B, you have to, if you're... If you lose this game, it, there's a very good chance you start the season two and three, and then that ball of yarn starts to come oh, undone last again. Last year, what happened? You're, We're you're just losing like three year. games yeah. in a row. Can happen. The schedule after that isn't honestly all that forgiving either. So you you get into a a place you don't want to be. Whereas if you can win this game, mm-hmm. even if you lose to Michigan, you're still over 500 coming out of that. And, you know, you've learned a lot about yourself. You've got one, at least one really good, solid win under your belt. You hold, you held court at home. And you've got, you know, what, I think it's Indiana and Northwestern the next couple weeks after that. So, Michigan State, this is is not a must win. But this is a, if, this would be a really nice one to get. Yeah. And, you know, um, and we'll get to, I think every game changes you know, based on the result of before. Um, you know, that's how people are reacting, how people can can bounce back, etc. Right. But we'll see what Iowa can do because they had a very interesting game and a really interesting season thus far on offense. Yeah, not a very Iowa season. So their quarterback um, is very efficient. Uh, 211 yards per game. Nathan Stanley. 12 to 1 touchdown interception ratio. He's not making mistakes. Yeah. out there he's not hurting his team okay and the running running game is very iowa maybe a little less than usual 155 yards a game they only had 82 against penn state yeah that's that's surprising they 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 couldn't get it going yes yeah, Stan, uh, stanley's an interesting case at quarterback because he had that he really i think his stats are a little inflated because he had a huge game against iowa state he threw for like He'd, close to 400 yards, maybe more, and five touchdowns or something like that. That was a little bonkers. So um, I think his numbers might be a little more blown up, maybe a little inflated. So uh, defensively, as we mentioned earlier, Penn State kind of got up and down on him, but they only gave up 21 points. Right. So really interesting. Yeah, Penn State, they had the rock for 40 minutes of that game. That's a They had time. 29 first downs and 579 yards of offense. So the defense <laughs> can be moved on. It can be moved on. Now, Penn here. State, I think it is worth mentioning um, that that's a very good offense. Absolutely. That's one of the better offenses in the entire country. No, absolutely. Um, but it's always but nice. But you don't need seven hundred. You don't need 600 yards in a, a, to win either. I, I was going to say, it's nice to know that one of the better offenses in the country got up and down on them. Scored, yeah, makes yeah, us, yeah, yeah. Makes yeah. Our lives a little easier. Yeah. So who do I need to look at here? Uh, who are my key offensive players on Iowa that I should uh, get to know? Well, Stanley is 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 a big one at quarterback. Um, it feels like Iowa is one of those teams that 
finds every time they find a quarterback, they get really good really fast. Yeah. Like when they had um Oh my Bethard. gosh, what's it? yeah. Bathard, he was they they go to the Big Ten Championship Stan- game. When they you go all the way back to Drew Tate. Ooh. He was really good. When Stanzi? you had uh, Ricky Stanzi was good. Yeah. So you've got um you know, every time they seem to find a competent or excuse me, an above average quarterback, that offense really takes a big step forward. Well, so they have always had linemen. They've right. always had they always have running, running backs. backs. Right. So, you know, really, that's kind of been the key. So if Stanley is for real, then you're talking about a top twenty-five that top twenty-five West contending team. But the guy, again, you just you just nailed it with the things that they always have, and that is the running backs. And this year it's Akram Wadley. It's, he's one of those guys that feels like he's been around for a generation. He played <laughs> yeah. in that big time game a couple years ago. He um he's not the biggest guy, but he's a tough runner. Uh, he has what? Um, what are you looking for? I got it. Three hundred thirty-eight yards rushing on the season. Yeah, so he's over five hundred fifty uh, all-purpose yards through four games mm-hmm. behind a decent O-line. Um, every one thing against Penn State that jumped out at me is that he didn't have any catches despite having at least seventy yards receiving. Yeah. in his first, first three, games. three games. So, so he's not just going to be running the ball out of the backfield. He's going to be catching the ball. He is going to be a big test for the linebackers at Michigan State um, and those safeties because, especially if Joe Bocci can't go, he's been you know missed parts of the last two games with a they call it cramps, but I have a feeling it's a minor, it's something with his hamstring, whether it's a cramp or it's an actual yeah. injury. So that's that he's going to pose a very real test. Uh, Andrew Dowell will be tested there again, as always. Um, so yeah. that's that's a good one to look out for on, yeah. on offense. Yeah, absolutely. How about D? Defense, um, Josie Jewell. This guy, I believe, is finally a senior this year. He has been around forever. Again, that's one of the things with Iowa, too, is that they always have seniors. They just don't have guys ever leave early. Even Desmond, <laughs> King, even Desmond King stayed for four years. Like They don't leave, which is a great way to build a consistent yeah, program. Sure. Um, but he's just a thumper at linebacker. Dude's just a playmaker. He had 16 tackles against Penn State last week. Now, oh, yeah. yes, they had the ball for 40, 40 minutes, but 16 tackles is a lot. Well, he also had a pick in that game. Yeah, he's a playmaker. He kind of got all over, huh? Yeah. That was not the first game he hit double digits. He got all over the field against um, Wyoming with 14 tackles. I mean, the dude has... He's um, their guy. He had 42 you tackles on the year. I mean, that's over 10 tackles a game. That's nice. You have to account for him, and he's the maestro of that defense. Like I said, he's been playing for a long time, been in the middle there for a long time. Um, he is he is the one that has to be accounted for. He's going to put them in positions to be good and smart. So Brian Allen is going to be up against it. He's got to be able to check what the defense is checking into, and, and, and the offensive coordinator is going to have to call plays that aren't obvious and uh, keep them on their toes. But, so, so what should we expect here? Is this this? Is this? Our, I think it's a pretty much an Iowa team. It's, a, it's your older brother, your dad's, your grandpa's yeah, Iowa. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's Iowa in perpetuity. Yeah, like it, that's pretty much just what it is, um, as far as I can tell, from the couple uh, bits so, of Iowa I've seen small this year. Small sample size, but yeah, yeah. All I mean, signs- Stanley can throw the ball. It's. It, I think that's the biggest X factor is if he can get time to stand in the pocket and they actually try to and and they establish the run well enough that he can go play action. Yeah. That's going to be tough for Michigan State to hang with. But, you know, I actually think MSU did a decent job against the run last week, all things considered. So, again, I believe that's the number one. 
in this scenario against Iowa, it's pretty much always holds true. But stop the run. Yeah. Make the make the quarterback beat you. Yeah, and I think and end a story. And in a week, this is a winnable game. That's what I'm hearing you say. Absolutely. There's, I mean, last weekend, I still believe last weekend was a winnable game. Well, sure. and I think that I, I don't think Iowa's as as dynamic offensively as Notre Dame, and I'm not sure that their defense is as good either. So, so who are the <laughs> offensive players uh, or defensive players on Michigan State that are going to have to take advantage? D- defensively, uh, I think the 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 biggest deal is whether Bocce's healthy. Is he or healthy? Not. Yeah. Because if if he's healthy. That allows a lot of things to happen. You've, you've seen it, man. When he's in there, he is a stud. Through three games, it, some positions it takes a little while for people to for you to really flesh out whether this guy's the real deal or not. You don't need that time with Joe Bocci. This dude is against the run. He's a stud, and Michigan State doesn't ask their middle linebacker to, to defend the pass all that often. So, sure. um, so if he's in there, that's a huge win. Um, but if it's fair to guess that he's not going to be 110 percent at this point so a lot of pressures on byron bulla now the name step up. the name makes you feel pretty good you've said two really good older brothers and what a dad and a grandpa and an uncle and all that good stuff that have all played there but um gotta he's got to be ready because they're going to run the ball right at him well he's a junior and he's a ju- yeah and it's, it's probably his time it's, it's time. his time to make plays so that's good that that to me defensively is is probably the biggest position I do want to say one thing though before I get to the offensive player. I said earlier that no, like I didn't take umbrage with anything that the the coaches did. We were being anything nice. is very vague. Uh, I still, I think one of the adjustments that they kind of refused to make for whatever reason is not playing the safeties on the slot receivers for Michigan State. Now I again, I'm not a coach. I'm not a GA. I don't. I'm, I'm sure there's good reason for it, but they've been doing it for years where, you know, if if a team puts two receivers to one side and one to the other, generally speaking, the side with two receivers, the corner will go and play the out mo- outside most receiver, yep. and then the safety will come down maybe from their normal 10 yards to down about seven yards in the box. That's still a ton of room. Too much. Almost every single time, <laughs> that outside receiver will run deep and yep. run that corner off, and then... Or, you know, come inside and just take that corner with them because they're playing man and they're obviously playing man because they always kind of do that. And then that middle or that that inside receiver will bust it out on kind of like a flare or just something real quick to the outside. He's got the ball with 10 yards of room and it's up to the safety to make a tackle. You saw it last week. I actually thought Matt Morrissey made a couple really nice tackles. 11 tackles. 11 tackles. There you go. But you also, when you miss that tackle, it's floodgates and and yeah and the guy's got 15 20 yards and it's chunk plays and that's the type of stuff that i don't know that michigan state can take those risks right now with the personnel they have on defense and the experience level they have on defense so i would like to see more traditional nickel uh with three defensive bat three corners in there yeah play some actual man maybe even play a little bit of zone i know it kind of goes against what they do so i don't expect a ton of wrinkles but something you know so you saw some of it in the early first two games i'd like to see a little bit more of that. So pressure's not only on the defensive players, but it's on the on the coaches to make adjustments so they can't be so predictable defensively. So well there's my little well put. Sh- my little spiel. Well, based on last week, and I think we're gonna jump into predictions here. Do yeah. you, you wanna jump in and give me 
what you're yeah. thinking. So again, I think this is a winnable game. I think on the, at the end of the day, if Michigan State can defend the run competently and just be smart. This game, I think it comes down to executing. I think it comes down to Brian Lewerke on offense. End of story. This dude is... He makes it go, right? He does. He's He is... He is the man with the keys to the car. And he, <laughs> he drive, is... Baby. And he if, if he is swerving into stop signs <laughs> and accidentally going in reverse instead of going forward, this team is going to have issues. Again... This is my positive takeaway from Notre Dame is that this is not a talent problem. Mm-mm. Are there areas where this team could be better? Absolutely. Sure. Would you like to see them get a little better push in the offensive line in the running game? Sure. Would you like to see some other little things here and there? Maybe a little <laughs> better play calling from time to time? Sure. But Brian Lewerke was not put in bad positions last week. He has to execute. You have to make the plays that are in front of you. You can't be trying to do too much, which he was trying to do when he ran to the left side and fumbled. You can't be throwing the ball without reading the defense, which he did when he threw that terrible pick six. Dude. You just can't do it. You, you And you can't be throwing the ball up into double coverage like you did against Western Michigan. Those are the things. We said it after Western. You made some of those mistakes. Those are the mistakes that will cost you games against good, disciplined, Big Ten caliber teams and so long as he doesn't make those mistakes, which unfortunately after three games, I'm not totally convinced he's ready to take that step. But <laughs> if he can take that step, Michigan State's going to be just fine. If he turns the ball over too much, I don't think this game gets away from them the way the last one did because I just think they're going to be smarter. Yeah. But um, I, I think Michigan State – I'm not going to go on the record with a prediction because they're always wrong. So I'm just going to say – No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that I think – Michigan State can absolutely win this game. Great. Well, I got to tell you. Yeah, you should talk. I might. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm a, I am as excited as I've been for a Michigan State team to come out and show me what they got. Yeah. I mean, wow, what an opportunity. Rare is the opportunity to have a bounce back game against uh, not a team that is beatable, mm-hmm. but certainly... Um, it will be a great test and a win that could propel the program further up that mountain we talked about. Yeah. This is the type of step we need to take. You know, it'd be a different story if the next game was at Ohio State, right. at Penn State. Now we have a different problem on our hands, okay? This is a very winnable game. It's a great opportunity. And I am so excited to see how they respond. Um, it, it, I think this game... Um, as we talked about earlier today, it can be won if everyone just does their job. Yeah. If they play within themselves, people aren't trying to do too much, this is a winnable game. This is winnable. No one has to do anything crazy. Lorky does not have to throw for 400 yards. The defense does not have to hold them to 110 points. Nope. Like, this is a winnable football game that if we win, will maybe remind us of the Michigan State teams that we've been accustomed to watching the past few years. Yeah, I think it 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 really in a lot of ways and I am not saying I would like to preface this with the fact that I am not saying that this season is going to end up the same way that the season I'm about to reference ended up. I'm not not 
Not saying that. But this reminds me in a lot of ways of uh, when Michigan State went to Iowa in 2013 after losing on the road at Notre Dame. You really didn't know what you had. No, nope. on offense, they you knew you had a great. You knew you had a great defense. That's right. I don't think you can look at this team and say that by any stretch, but you can see that you've got talent. What happened in that game was the quarterback Connor Cook grew up big in front time. of our eyes, big time. He went and won a game on the road, put the team on his back though, and, <laughs> and, and, back. and did his thing. And it's not like he did it with a you know a bunch of seniors or anything like that it was a very much the same you know the same group that he brought back you're right the next year um and it was a lot of new faces so that is the type of opportunity that michigan state is presented with it's a great opportunity they are presented with being having the ability to really like you said take that next step forward and if they can win this game their confidence is going to be high going into what you want to talk about, potential turning points. Well, Not to get ahead of ourselves at all, I'm not. But you've got a very real one-two here in the next two weeks. This is the first step to getting to be ready for that second step. Yeah, it's a great opportunity. I think we'll see people grow up. And Yeah, I hope know, so. And you know what? Spartans by three. There we go. That's what I got. He's on it. Okay, so... Let's hit that prop bet down. Yeah. Last okay. one. We got prop bets, and so, then, then we're out. So last week, I don't know if you remember, we had Zeke. Yes. End zone catches. Did we get a did we get a count? Well, we know Lewerke was two. <laughs> and I and if yeah. I know Zeke, <laughs> Zeke maybe had a few more than that. Yeah, okay. So unless someone can tell us differently, Zeke got that dub, and I'm okay with it. Yeah. Well... I would have liked for him to have lost, but we'll take it. Uh, Zeke was going to get his numbers. That's true. You can't, Zeke puts his up. Zeke gets his buckets. <laughs> you can't stop. You just can only hope to contain Zeke. Zeke gets buckets. Okay. So, prop bet this week. Are you ready for this? Oh, yeah. Okay. I got Kirk, Ferentz, and Mark D'Antonio scowls captured Ooh. on national TV. Combined scowls. Okay. Versus... And you got to pick who is more. Third down conversions from the Michigan State Spartans. Oh, God. No. Give me the scowls. Scowls. Oh, dude. Every time they see D'Antonio's good for 10. Uh-huh. And I think Ferentz, if things aren't going his way, are well, good, is good for or 7. Or things are going well. Yeah. Even then. It doesn't, oh. ma- it doesn't matter with D'Antonio. So I want to go on record. So Michigan State is averaging 8.67 third down conversions a game. So you think that combined, there will be nine scowls yeah, shown on TV? Oh, so you're telling me I got to get nine on average nine scowls, one and a half from each of them a quarter, no, to to blow the number out of the water? Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll yeah, keep, give me that. I'm going to keep track at home because I have a feeling that Michigan State is going to have a few more third down conversions this uh, than Listen, their average. I want you to be right. <laughs> okay. But I'm also thinking that this scowl number could be higher than you're expecting. Well, Austin, here's here's where I'm going to turn it on its head. I think just maybe I might get a twofer, a really nice third down conversion, quick panda D'Antonio smile. Mm. And I <laughs> there's no negative points right. for smiles. Um, I will I'm you have to track this one cuz I will actually be at the game, so Okay, you got it. If you're going to be there, I got you know, it. Hit me up. AC, I got you. AC Smith 06 on Twitter. Uh, I'll be drinking in a parking lot somewhere. So let's hang out. 
Sounds uh, good to me. So, for my main man, John Kirby, this has been Austin Smith. Um, we will catch you guys next week in Go Green. Go White. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.